We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I'm Jake Lutarski, joined today by John McKechnie. If you're out there on Twitter, please give John a follow at Johnny McKex. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-C-K-E-C-H-S. You can follow me at jakeski 52 As always, it's much appreciated if you can go ahead and take a second to leave us a good rating and review if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher. Keeping in the Olympic spirit here, John, it's clear that if we had to pick a baseball player that would run the 100 or 200 meter dash for the U.S., it would probably be Billy Hamilton, maybe Terrence right. Gore, or the Royals, something like that. The real question is, and the one our listeners want to know here, which MLB player would be throwing the shot? I'm thinking uh, Mike Napoli. He, just a barrel-chested fellow that seems like he could uh, throw a large, heavy object a, a great distance. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's a burly man. I would go. I would go the Napoli route. How about yourself? See, yeah, I like that. I originally thought, hmm, what's Pablo Sandoval doing these days? But you brought up a good point that the shoulder's not quite there, right? right. A little bit balky. So, uh, I honestly, I think I would have to go to Old Faithful in uh, Bartolo Colon. I know the age factor's <laughs> up there, but you know he's got a gun to start with, right? And it's definitely not the same muscles. You know, I've thrown shot before to very limited success, but I've done mm-hmm. it before. It's a lot different than throwing a baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he's got the arm strength there, and he's got the weight behind it to get it into the throw indeed and so, then uh, yeah. if i were to do a, a retired player you know someone that i remember from from my lifetime though i think matt stairs would have to be up there as well he mm-hmm. also kind of in the same vein as, as napoli i feel like could just 
get up there and chuck it far. Yeah, Metzler's a stud. If you're going for retired players, I like to go after, uh, if anyone remembers, Russell Branion. Oh, man. He had some big-time home <laughs> run. He would hit it up into the dew deck at Miller Park, and the, the guy was, but he was a little guy. He, mm-hmm. he was not very tall, but I, I remember seeing, I saw, I went to like this charity thing where him and Bill Hall were hanging out, and Russell Branion just ate so much, just played, and he was eating <laughs> off of Bill Hall's plate, too, and it was, it was just crazy, but mus- Russell the muscle, just a little guy, but had a ton of power behind him, so he wouldn't be bad at the shot right either on. here. All right, well, uh, <laughs> with that aside here, now that we've got that settled, let's start talking about uh, cash game pitchers for the Tuesday slate of game. we got 15 games on the slate. That means more than 50,000 entries in Tuesday's $3 MLB squeeze on FanDuel. If you're going to go, that, that's a tournament, though. If you're going to think about the double up or a 50-50 or, or a cash game, essentially, uh, what pitcher are you leaning towards on Tuesday night? I'm going to go with the expensive one. I, I think a lot of the times we can find guys uh, that that fit the bill of what we look for in a, in a cash game, but for like 9500 but uh, tonight I'm going with Corey Kluber. Uh, he's at 10-7, uh, and he really did kind of look human to start the year. Uh, he had an ERA north of four in both April and May, but uh, he's really settled in. He's been uh, on a pretty dominant uh, tear over his last six starts. He's got a 1.67 ERA uh, with a .91 whip, striking out about one batter per inning. Uh, and he's picked up four wins in that stretch, and uh, I think it, it also helps his case that uh, he's going against the White Sox, one of the more uh, vanilla offenses in all of baseball, extremely average, you know, 21st in the bigs and, and waited on base uh, since the break. And then they're 23rd in that category on the road in general. And looking at some of the other pitchers similarly priced, I thought it was tough to, to like kind of choose between them. Like Justin Verlander and Danny Duffy, both pitchers that I would really like to use on a night like tonight, but they're going against each other. It's kind of hard to parse yep. that out. So yeah. Duffy's Kluber, been on a roll. He goes against a oh, good man. team. Verlander has is going against the team of Royals. That's actually a team to target in DFS these days. Mm-hmm. But the game, it's just too close to call. That's what I'm saying. And the, the Royals seem to be kind of uh, maybe finding a little bit of life because of the rally mantis or whatever. They seem to be a little bit on a roll now uh so it's it's definitely that's a tough game to to really parse out so i'm gonna avoid it uh go with kluber and then i also know that uh quintana for how good he is uh he's gonna be opposing kluber never gets any run support just yeah. kind of the way it is mm-hmm. yeah there's uh there's a lot to do and another that that, that same problem kind of deals with my picture because i'm gonna go with Noah Syndergaard tonight my biggest worry about him is can this terrible mets offense not only get him run support but Play a little defense for him, too. I mean, after his last start, you got to imagine the team's going to come up behind him. This is kind of X-factor stuff that you can't really measure with statistics. And speaking of statistics, granted, projections are just projections, but I looked everywhere. And you look at Rotowire projections, which, are, you know, I like. They're, they're pretty good. Inside Edge projections, Sabersim, another popular one. Mm-hmm. All across the board, Syndergaard's the top projected player. And that just has to do with strikeout potential, I think. Yeah, he goes against the lineup that features guys like Paul Goldschmidt. At the same time, you know, top to bottom, you know, they're all right. And it is at Chase Field, so there's a little bit of concern there. But Vegas has Syndergaard and the Mets, a minus 160 favorite over Brandon Shipley and the Diamondbacks. I always say Brandon. I mean, it's Braden Shipley. I know. I have that problem I, as well. Yeah, I just I miss the fact that there's not an N in there. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so he's the opponents there. Vegas likes him. His floor is at least six, seven strikeouts. And if the Mets give him anything, I think Syndergaard's going to be a relatively safe play. But as you kind of alluded to, the more and more I look at this slate, the more I kind of want to go down. I, I really like my tournament play that I'll offer up later in the show for cash games as well. But we'll get to that here. Let's 
get going though around the horn with the hitters though john uh, a lot of interesting matchups here it's a full slate so there should be plenty of value hitters to choose from who do you have behind the plate um, I'm going to go with uh, what I've been doing the last few weeks, going with the cheap route uh, for catcher. I'm going to go with Martin Ma- Martin Maldonado of the Brewers. He's coming in at 2,700 against Jason Hamill. Um, he's really responded well to to getting regular at bats as as the Brewers' everyday catcher uh, since the since the Lucroy trade. And I just like his matchup. He's slashing 265, 419, 441 over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and that number uh, is even better over the last week, where he's 313, 353, 688 over the last week. And he's got a pair of homers in that stretch. So he's been solid against righties as well. All six of his home runs have come against them. He slugs 422 against them. Uh, so for a pretty cheap price, I, I like uh, the Maldonado upside here. Yeah, Maldonado, I can never knock someone for going against a Brewer. And, and although I do like Hamill as a potential cash game pitcher, I mean, the Cubs are the biggest favorites on the slate. I'm looking there, minus 225 at home against Cody Anderson and the Brewers there. So, uh, But there are some potentials. I mean, the over-under on this game is 8.5 half so it's there's going to be some runs scored right. and, and i do like maldonado uh what he's been able to do he's essentially he's proving so far that he deserves to stick around with this organization yep. uh, even after because the trade of lucro gave him a chance so i do like that for maldonado uh, my backstop tonight i really like sandy leone against gallardo now there's a lot of orioles that we like here for uh going up here against eduardo rodriguez and the red sox especially those right-handed orioles great stack play but uh behind the plate i like sandy leone especially what he's been able to do lately uh there's just there's a lot to like overall i mean you look at his last bunch of games here he's still under 3,000 he's only 2,900 but if you look at his last handful of games he's had 15 or more in his last four games including a 27.9 pointer uh two days ago there and then you know go back even further to do the 5th of august he had a 35 pointer so he hasn't had I mean, his lowest point total in his last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games is three points. So that's good for cash games, good for tourneys, but the price still lingers around at 2,900. So there's that. I also wanted to throw Steven Vogt in there. He gets a pretty, uh, I believe he gets Harrell against the yep. uh, against the Rangers. He's $200 pricier. He's a lefty going up against a relatively weak righty. So there's a, there's a chance that I could go vote two in some lineups, but I think Sandy Leone's my primary backstop tonight. Yeah, I like I like Leon because uh, he's a guy that you're getting a piece of the Red Sox action against Gallardo. Like I think the Red Sox are definitely a safe bet to push some runs across. So to be able to get a piece of that for for under three thousand, I think is a, is a pretty savvy play. All right, what about first base though, John? You look at the top tier of players. There are four players tied at forty two hundred dollars tonight. You got Anthony Rizzo, Joey Votto, Edwin Encarnacion, David Ortiz, followed real closely by Paul Goldschmidt at four thousand. Are you going after that top tier? Or are we going down the list a little bit? I'm actually gonna gonna keep it a little bit cheaper tonight, and I think we we both agree on this one. Um, Albert Pujols actually of the of the Angels at 3100 going against Ariel Miranda at home. Uh, Miranda's a lefty that's like a little bit inexperienced, and uh, Pujols' price is down uh, because he's struggled a little bit at the plate recently. He's got like a 160 average, 445 OPS over the last two weeks, but I mean. Getting that getting that weak lefty or inexperienced lefty um, at home, I think, really works uh, in Pujols' advantage. Uh, he's uh, hitting two ninety two with an eight seventy one OPS against lefties, uh, and he's homering about once every ten at bats. Uh, and then fourteen of his twenty one home runs have come at home. So there isn't much of a book on Miranda yet. Um, 
but uh, we have seen that he's a little bit prone to the long ball, and I think Pujols can definitely run into one on him. So to to get him with the, with the sort of upside that you're getting at just 3,100, I, I really think that that's a, a nice uh, kind of sneaky value play. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 t- I actually picked up Miranda in our stake league because of it's 17 teams and everyone starts nine pitchers and it's mm-hmm. impossible to find starts. I figured, all right, we got a 27-year-old left-handed Cuban here and he plays the Angels because the Angels, you got your top three, your Trout, Calhoun, Pujols. After that, that lineup's pretty Boy, trash, yeah. pretty trash overall. <laughs> uh, and I mean, you, but it's tough though. I don't really know what I'm going to get out of Miranda. I'd like to say that I've done all the homework and all the analysis, but I mean, he's only thrown nine innings in the majors so far this year. He's given up two home runs over that span, also struck out 10 over that span. So, hey, there's, there's potential there. And I mean, over that short size, you know, the, it, it does suggest that a little bit of that is bad luck. I mean, his ex-fips two runs less than his ERA, but hey, very small sample size. You don't know what we're going to get, but overall, uh, on the whole, I do like Albert Pujols as one of my top plays tonight. I, I think I'm going to save a thousand dollars from going from that top tier. Yeah. Pujols, a 365 weighted on base percentage against lefties, 245 isolated power, and I mean, how is how is how is Miranda going to know how to attack a veteran like Pujols? I'm going to give Pujols the upper hand in this matchup, right. thinking he goes deep once. If you think John and I are full of it, though. Maybe you want to consider Mitch Moreland for thirty three hundred. You know, not a bad play there going up against the against the A's there and Triggs. You get a lefty to attack Triggs with. Who, you know, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot attractive about uh, mm-hmm. the, the Triggs matchup uh, there. You know, he's an, he's an older guy. It's not like he's a big prospect. He's more of a stopgap for the A's. Something exactly. you can go after. And I think uh, maybe Will Myers revenge game. Maybe a little bit too. Down, going Ooh, back yeah, down yeah, to the yeah, old yeah. stomping grounds at the Trop, I could see him getting into one too. Yeah, throw that in there. Basically, there's a lot of reasons to fade that top tier first baseman yes. tonight. Nobody has an obvious matchup that you need to be targeting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's yeah, something to think about there. Uh, what about the Keystone though? Second base brings a lot of interesting options to the table. Uh, looks like you're going to the Orioles with this one. I am. I'm going to go with Scope here, checking in at 3100 again. Um, I think he he looks like he's about ready to bust out of his slump uh he was really slumping uh over the last few weeks but before sunday uh where he went two for five with with a huge three-run home run to to put the orioles ahead against the giants um so usually for him his home runs and things like that and extra base hits hot streaks really do come in bunches and i think uh the matchup tonight where he's facing a lefty that's got a, a 581 era on the road to go along with a one five five whip uh also on the road uh, i think that that's a really favorable matchup that, that we can exploit i know we mentioned earlier that we do like a few orioles tonight and i think i think scope is definitely uh a guy that i'm looking at especially at just 3100 for in the second base department i'm gonna go a little cheaper at second base and and lean towards starlin castro at 2700 against marco estrada he's 12 for 34 extra base hits but the real thing is estrada is the biggest anomaly in all of baseball that I have ever seen. I always thought he was kind of trash with the Brewers, and then all of a sudden, the Blue Jays, he's become the luckiest man alive since landing in Toronto. Let's just look. I mean, 2015. All right, 2015, he has a 216 BABIP for the entire year. Wow. His ERA was 313. His XFIPS 493. All right, and that was 2015. 2016, more of the same. A 217 Babbitt, identical. A 295 ERA this year, and a 449 XFIP. So an XFIP that measures, it takes out ballpark factors, fielding independent, that kind of metric. Right. A run and a half more, or two runs more in some instances, 
than his ERA. He is bound to blow up, blow up eventually, but it just continues to not happen. And then you've got guys like me that continue over and over again to bet on that blow up, and I'm still waiting for it to happen. One of these days it's going to happen, and maybe Starlin Castro gets a piece of that tonight. I, th- I could see, I mean, I always kind of throw out one Estrada st- stack just to be safe, but I mean, he's he's been lucky enough for this long that his price is up there on FanDuel. I mean, he is, excuse me, he looks like he is a $8,600 pitcher. So, I mean, he's higher than Pineda. He's right, yeah, he's sandwiched right in between Quintana and Pineda. I just, yeah. there's the Marco Estrada rant for you. He's the biggest anomaly that I that I have seen. And I, I just can't, I mean, I, I can't <laughs> fathom it. I'm dumbfounded by this here. But let's move on from that and head on over to the hot corner. John, who you got there? I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Seeger of the Mariners, uh, checking in at 3600 so a little bit more expensive. Uh, but he's going against Julius Chassin. Uh, he, Seeger really dominates righties. He's got a 321 average against them, OPS just under 1,000. Uh, and Chassin, uh, pretty vulnerable uh, right-handed pitcher. He got lit up for seven earned in less than two innings in his last outing. Uh, and it he might not be that bad again, but I mean, it goes to show you that he does have that uh, meltdown potential. He also didn't strike out a single batter in that outing, so I think that goes to show that that Seager, um, as a pretty disciplined hitter, uh, is a guy that can work the count and be able to put the ball in play uh, against him. And so we're going to get if he gets out, I feel like they're going to be productive outs. I think more often than more likely than not, he's going to be able to get on base a few times tonight, uh, and with that. I think he can really do some damage uh, going against Chassin. So I'm, I'll take him at 3,600. Yeah, I like that. You know, I definitely want to get a piece of uh, that game. And I think Seager's a good way to do that without breaking the bank for third baseman. It's very easy to break the bank for third baseman. You got Donaldson at 4,300, Arenado at 4,200, Chris yeah. Bryant and Anthony Rendon. Uh, both at 4,100, of course, Rendon in the Coors Field game. Then you got Machado at 4, VR at 4. It's just they're all over the place. Pricey third baseman. Rendon, that Rendon price is laughable to me. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's been pretty hot lately, and I, t- I was all over him last night, and I missed out. I think he t- went an over for 5 somehow. It, it kind of oh, blows man. my mind. But uh, maybe he'll have a bounce-back game tonight. Uh, third base, I'm going to kind of go back to that Rangers stack, though. I'm going to save a little bit of money, take Adrian Beltre. I know he's not a lefty to target Triggs with, but, I mean, He's he's going to get his tonight against a, a kind of a younger and experienced pitcher. Beltre has mm-hmm. been around uh, long enough that he knows what he's going to get. I think at thirty three hundred, that's some of the best value air quotes here that you're going to get at third base tonight here. But let's move over to shortstop here, John. Uh, are you saving money at shortstop, or are you are you going big? I'm going big here. Uh, I'm going with the other Seager. I'm going with Corey Seager. He checks in at thirty eight hundred. Going against Velasquez, I mean, Seager just absolutely terrorized the Phillies last week, and I think he's going to be able to do it again against Velasquez uh, this evening. I'm just not convinced that that Velasquez is fully healthy right now. So they've been trotting him out there, and he's struggled. I mean, I think he gave up nine earned runs uh, in his start against the Dodgers last week. So Seager's been uh, one of the more consistent uh, players over the last month or so. I mean, he's got four home runs in OPS uh, just under a thousand over the last couple of weeks as well. So I'm saving up at those other positions, you know, with with guys like Pujols and and Scope, so I can go and and get a guy like Seager that that draws a really favorable matchup tonight. Yeah, I, I like that. I can't argue with you here. I, the only thing is for me is if you're going to go Kluber, if you're going to go Syndergaard, you got to save some money in shortstop where the where the ceilings typically aren't as high at shortstop. I like to save 
little money there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back to that. You know, I'm going to probably punch myself for this tomorrow. But <laughs> Didi Gregorius, again, Marco Estrada, you get he's a lefty at Yankee Stadium. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, Gregorius did fell, fall victim to the Chris Benzine curse yesterday. Took his first over in quite a while. Uh, Tuesday, though, good bounce back. Good bounce back for Gregorius. So that Yankee middle infield, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go after it tonight. After they didn't do so hot yesterday, I, I think they can maybe do a little bit of damage against Estrada while also provide some salary relief here. But there's a lot of good outfield options on the table tonight. I think there's a lot of that's where we find the most attractive bats of the evening here. John, mm-hmm. you want to start off by offering up a few? Yep, I'm going to go with uh, starting us off here at 3200. So about mid tier price. I'm going to go with Josh Reddick of the Dodgers kind of sticking with with the Seager logic um but his splits are a little bit more extreme um he's just he has just a 313 slugging percentage uh on against righties so that or against lefties so uh the fact that he's facing a righty is definitely an encouraging sign um so I'm going to go with him he's got the platoon uh mad, or advantage that you that you want to target and then moving moving on down uh, I'm going to go with my Yankee of the day uh Aaron Judge of of the Yankees uh he's 2900 uh he's he's got 15 or more FanDuel points in each of his three games uh to this point in his career I mean the the power is so real with him you just you you see him stand into the box and it, it's almost like he's bigger than Steven Moya and like that's hard to do like it yeah. looks like he barely fits in the batter's box I mean he's just a ridiculously large human that that uh is definitely seeing the ball well right now to start his career uh so I think he's going to be able to take advantage of of Estrada tonight and you know if Estrada leaves one over the plate uh look out and then uh Jerickson Profar at 2800 Going against Triggs, sort of like my my uh, example earlier of just kind of getting a piece uh, of a, a cheap piece of of a stack that's going to be able to to put some runs together. So Profar at twenty eight hundred, uh, going against Triggs, who just I I struggle to think that he's going to make it even five innings down in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Profar is going to be a big reason behind that, and you only have to pay twenty eight hundred to get him. Yeah, I, I love all those picks, John. And I love you that you offered up some value and some salary relief there because mm-hmm. that's going to be tough to do on this slate. Um, but I think kind of as I alluded to earlier a little bit, uh, it's going to be a hitter-heavy day for me, and I might try to throw a dart with a tournament pitcher here. So I'm going to throw out a few expensive outfield options that I think need to at least be considered across the board here. Number one, Nelson Cruz. You get him against uh, Chassin there. Yeah. Go for it. Go nuts on that. <laughs> I, I think uh, there's very little that can go wrong there. He's, he's a good lock. Um, I also like Adam Jones. You're one of your Orioles here against Eduardo Rodriguez. I think he's the perfect way to attack that left-hander that is prone to blow-ups. Right. You want to get a piece of that Orioles action. Also, I like Stephen Piscotty because he's down to 3100 and he gets a price discount against Dallas Keuchel. He's only 3100 tonight when typically he falls in the 35 to 4000 range for right. Piscotty. He's been hot. He's enthusiastic. He's he, he's he's got a lot left in the tank this season, and I think he's good for him. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I've started doing this for the last couple of shows, but I'm going to throw out the batter versus pitcher matchup of the day because there's always that one matchup that seems to stick out. Yesterday it was Mike Trout. Look what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took took King Felix deep. He seems to have King Felix's number here. Um, but anyway, the batter versus pitcher matchup tonight. Uh, check that Rockies lineup just to be safe. But Ryan Rayburn against Gio Gonzalez here. Ryan Rayburn typically matches lefties, really only starts against lefties. He's got that right-handed bat. He's only 3,200, and this is Coors Field. We're talking Coors Field exposure against Gio Gonzalez. He is 7 for 13 with three home runs. That'll work. 
very small sample size, but enough in that sample size to be like, hey, you, you might you might not be able to get away with not starting him. And because it's Ryan Braeburn, maybe just maybe there's a chance that the ownership is low. I I would I would uh, pretty much bank on on him being under ten mm-hmm. percent owned, and I think he, he can definitely. Uh, kind of vault you in, into the cash, especially you know given his history. Plus, I just I don't think that Geo uh, particularly much has it this year. It doesn't look like to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to like with Rayburn, and he comes at a pretty cheap price. Not as cheap as normal, but still relatively cheap here. Well, MLB season is coming down the home stretch, and that means that opportunities to play daily fantasy baseball are winding down. Go to FanDuel.com to play now. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, so anyone can play. That's FanDuel.com. Be sure to get those lineups in for this evening after uh, turning out our podcast. Got to pick one chalk play of the day, though, John, before we move on to tourney pitchers. Who's your chalk play? I'm going to go with with the clue bot here, Corey Kluber. Um, generally, uh, I don't use my pitchers as my lock of the day, but... I feel very strongly about this one uh, compared to other weeks. I think that, you know, the matchup is super favorable. I think he's been able to to really kind of get into a groove after that rocky start to the season. I mean, the, those numbers I was spitting out earlier, uh, you know, a whip under one over the over his last six starts, you know, that's that's over 40 innings of a sample. And he's, you know, still having less than one base runner per inning in that stretch and we all know that he he can get 10 strikeouts in a game so I think going against the White Sox uh with with the momentum uh going behind him I I think it's hard for me to to stay away from from Kluber especially in in cash games yeah yeah I like that pick I can't argue too much with that I'm gonna go to a hitter though I think Albert Pujols is gonna be my lock of the day Uh, I know he's a little bit risky but and Miranda's a little bit of an unknown and my heart wants Miranda to do well to improve my chances of eating a steak and not shelling out two three hundred dollars for a <laughs> meal here uh but my head says Miranda might have it rough tonight and Albert Pujols will be one of the first players to victimize him so I'm going to go with Pujols 3100 a great way to save some money for some of those pricier outfielders yep. or if you want to go with the pricier pitcher like Klubot here overall you got a favorite stack though John Dodgers or Mariners I think both of them are, are intriguing and and uh it's a little bit where they might go underutilized a little bit. I feel like like mm-hmm. the Dodgers, they have been amazing offensively, you know, over the last few weeks. And I still feel like on a given night, uh, like they're just kind of their one through nine guys are, aren't getting super heavily owned. And I think that uh, that's a mistake. I think, uh, you know, I've talked about how they 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 were a punchless lineup in June, where like you'd only think about Seager, or Justin Turner. Turner might not even play tonight, but they're still just making it work right now. I don't know how they're doing it, but they they are. And then uh, the Mariners, you know, Chasin, I think he's just a. Uh, like a gas can waiting to happen, pretty much. Yeah. All your right-handed bats there, especially, you know, we, you mentioned uh, Seager and I mentioned Nelson Cruz, so mm-hmm. got to love all that. Um, so anyway, related to the stacks here, highest over-unders of the night, no surprises here, Coors Field game, 11 and a half, that's uh, Gio Gonzalez against Chad Bettis. Uh, get yourself at least a piece of that. Uh, Rayburn's my favorite way to get a piece of that, but there are some other options out there. Otherwise, uh, you know, I mentioned that Rangers stack, the A's and Triggs against the Rangers and Luke Harrell, over-under on that game is 10 and a half that's quite a bit for a game not played in Coors Field of course Mm -hmm. Globe Life could arguably be called Coors Field South at some (laughs) times but um, hey it's there and uh, something to consider for this evening here but let's say you do want to work in Nelson Cruz, Adam Jones, both the Seagers, some expensive other options tonight you're gonna have to cut some costs at pitchers tonight and how are you gonna attack that John? 
I'm going to go with Braden Shipley, actually, of the Diamondbacks. Obviously, he's going against Syndergaard, so that that definitely makes us on the riskier side of, of the tournament plays that I generally tend to suggest. Uh, so that 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 definitely might scare some people off, but I mean, it might just be crazy enough to work if if the Diamondbacks are able to do anything off of Syndergaard. I think Shipley has a really good chance to to kind of shut down the Mets because he shut them down uh, last week when he started against them, seven scoreless with seven Ks. Uh, in his last three starts, he's gone 19 innings and he's only allowed two runs. Uh, that's that's an extremely impressive mark. Obviously, teams are going to figure him out a little bit more the more they see him. And the Mets have seen him most recently, but Shipley's a guy that can come out, get some strikeouts against a pretty uh, meager offense, and then he's just going to be extremely lowly owned because uh, of who he's go- who's on the mound for the Mets tonight. Yeah, that's a, one of the biggest advantages I think of taking a shot at Braden Shipley. Worth it in one dollar lineup. See what the heck happens. Why not? Because the ownership's going to be low with the opponent being Syndergaard. So uh, yeah, decent amount to like there. Sixty eight hundred gives you a lot of flexibility. Oh, yeah. My I, I kind of hinted earlier in the show that I feel comfortable enough with this tournament pitcher to use him in cash games. The price is up there for a tourney flyer. He is seventy nine hundred. But I'm going to roll with Blake Snell tonight. I went with Drew Smiley all over the place last night. If only my hitters would have worked out, there would have been some decent lineups involved there. But Smiley was solid. I'm going to continue on that Rays train and go Blake Snell at 7,900. The Rays are minus 170 home favorites against Edwin Jackson and the Padres. And, okay, one Edwin Jackson. He's still in the league? All right, eye opener in case any of our listeners didn't know. Edwin Jackson's still around, going to give up some runs. Then you talk about the Padres. I always think of that Toby Keith song, I Ain't As Good As I Once Was, and this is the Padres after the trade deadline for me. There's a lineup that's already a little bit weak, and then they lose Matt Kemp. Will Myers is really the only big threat in that lineup, and he doesn't really have any protection. Granted, Jankowski's exceeded expectations a Mm -hmm. little bit as a leadoff man, and they're trying out some other prospects in there. But this Padres team, the numbers don't say it yet, but the numbers will catch up. And the Padres aren't quite there offensively. I called it AAA San Diego yesterday, and uh, I think they're a safe team to target. I'm going to keep at keep at it here with the with the Rays and Blake Snell. Snell didn't do well against Toronto his last time out. Granted, okay, that's the Blue Jays. I'll give him a pass there. But the five starts before that: 34, 49, 26, 57, 33 Fanduel there points. There we go. So there's some big time uh, starts in there. You have to consider him. I think he's going to be one of the better fantasy pitchers next year, so he's going to go for a pretty hefty price in auctions. So just buy low in DFS while you can this yeah, year. That's not? going to be my plan here. Real quick, before we sign off, I want to talk uh, weather. There's a lot of games with single-digit percent, so be, be careful to sift through there. I'm not seeing any big major ones. 34% chance in Cleveland that uh, White Sox-Indians was a little bit risky the other day. Same thing with Miami-Cincinnati, but that game got played yesterday. 49% chance of rain there. I would see it playing and yeah, and even Globe Life has a 44% chance of rain so you want to double check but nothing's too super ominous just yet here again it's two eastern time at a record time so uh, always we're checking back on the weather page but uh, for now you're looking pretty safe this evening good, good. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Remember that first-time FanDuel depositors just need to make a deposit of $10 or more via the links on rotowire.com, and we'll go ahead and give you six months of complimentary access. That's the whole football season, folks. Get your drafts ready, uh, ready to go on Roto-Wire. It's one of the best deals around right now. Otherwise, if you're already using FanDuel, 
You can check out rotowire.com on your own by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Once again, I'm Jake Letarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski 52 And I'm John McKechnie. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKex. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Wednesday with Benny and James. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.